You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe. We are giving Ryan Davey the week off, a much-deserved week of rest for Davey. So we bring in Uncle Buck. Wow. Uncle Buck. Let me say it again. <laughs> from the Boston Sports 101 podcast. Yeah, here thanks, Rich. Yeah, man. How are things? Great. Great. Good. Yeah, we're really killing it. We're really enjoying it. So we got some new stuff from around the corner. It's awesome. What do you guys got coming up? Well, we're working with Maddie and Nick over at AAF, nice. uh, Jerry and I and Georgie Kip, and we're doing 100 Greatest Guy Movies. Holy smokes. Yeah. Where do you even start with that? Well, it's become kind of a battle royale. I was going to say, that is quite a topic. What it's a daunting topic. Yeah, it's become a bad idea, really. So, <laughs> yes, that's uh, what it is. I mean, there's nobody. I, I've shown a couple of my buddies the list, and, and it becomes a fight every time. Yeah. You know, because no, it, it becomes so personal. It's your personal favorite movies, right? It is. Yeah. The, oh, no. That, you just get into fights over that. Because then <laughs> all the different genres you can use, too. Like, that is. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Like, right? so much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get to a, a, we're going to talk about Alan Moore here coming up, but a quick get to know Uncle Buck. We're trying to figure out like a hashtag dork questionnaire, like questions right. that you would just immediately ask somebody, find out just how much in common you have with them. So let's just rip through a few of these quickly. Well, you know, it's funny. I was listening to last week's show and Ryan had so yeah. much of my own stuff. Did I, he really? At one point um, when he was, he mentioned the superpower being Zach Moore's timeout. Yeah. I had put that in <laughs> the, like, in the I, was, I, I yelled in my car. I go, God damn it. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. It oh, is, it's a perfect. It's, it is the perfect one. Yeah. All right. Let's start out with favorite superhero. All right. So mine's got to be Spider-Man. Grew nice. up with him. I know it's a very generic answer. Probably not what you're interested in. No, it's better than Matt Schaub. I don't have one. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take Spider-Man every time. Well, and so uh, I actually, as far as comic book collecting, that's the full run I have. One through 700 and whatever they're on now. Wow. Everything pre-slot is great. Dan Slott can die in rotten hell as far as Not I'm concerned. Not a Dan Slott fan. Stand no kidding. Oh, my God. I think he's killed the franchise. <laughs> I only get it now just so I continue to have the run, but I, they're miserable. I can't stand wow. it. Wow. He's not Tony Stark. You don't, hey. He doesn't own a corporation. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. All right, so if he's your favorite superhero, who's your favorite supervillain? All right, I'm going to go with actually Craven the Hunter. Awesome. And now here's my awesome. reasoning, right? Like, I don't want to be generic. I don't want to uh, Dr. Doom or, yeah. this, or anybody. That's a good one. But Craven's the one guy who set out to kill Spider-Man. He does it. Yeah. Albeit so that he can have Spider-Man come back. But that's one of the best uh, that's how it arcs works in, in that. Comics. Yeah, that's one of the best arcs in that series. That is a good one. Yeah. All right, favorite comic book movie? So one of these things uh, is that ask me this question next week, and it could be something completely different. That's, yeah, well, of course. So I'm going to go with Superman the movie. 
Really? Yeah. Interesting. We don't get a lot of love for Superman on this podcast. <laughs> no, in fact, I, we hate Superman. Yeah. But, but so tell me why. So the the score, John Williams score, like I mean, I played that at my wedding. Like my wife and no I kidding. came out to that. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. So like it ended Seinfeld. Like it's that's yeah. such iconic classic uh, music. And it was the fourth, the foresight that uh, Donner had to do basically two movies in one. Yeah, is what everyone's doing today. Yeah, good point. But he was doing it way back then to, to the point where they basically pulled the plug on him. Yeah, and 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 had to sandbag the whole project. But uh, if you have a chance, I'm, I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the yeah, re-release of Superman oh no, two, that I haven't seen the Donner cut. Oh is no, really, is really good. All right, yeah, I'll add, I'll add it to the queue. Uh, favorite comedy movie. And again, I know this is one that could change day to day. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Kingpin because I got a great, buddy yeah. who him and I will will quote the most you know just bizarre you know non sequitur yeah. quotes from the movie and it, it'll just kill us. We'll do it all day long. Just the the gif of Bill Murray's hair like after he like <laughs> uh-huh. rolls is I mean, yeah. like that alone is, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Or when he's doing like the oh and he's like shaking his hands yeah. back and forth. Is amazing. For a showdown, <laughs> it's the I, best. I love that. All right, favorite TV show. And you can um, take this one either way. There's again there's sitcoms and there's you know dramas or regular what either one well i think game of thrones is is the best show of all time and jerry and i did podcasts on the best shows and, and we both agree that game of thrones we think is number one top top it's show great it is tremendous it's yeah. just got everything yes right? especially yes. for guys like us right yes uh but my favorite comedy tv show everyone says seinfeld i can do seinfeld too yeah but every time you watch it you're sitting there going okay which one is this and it takes about four seconds yeah right exactly uh, i'm gonna go with cheers oh really I love cheers. cheers is cheers is very good all right and last one uh, it, you know, I know Zach Morris might be your answer, but if you had to choose another superpower that you would most want, what would it be? I got to go X-ray vision. So convenient, right? X-ray vision is really good. But, I mean, because you know, listen, the healing power would be great. There's, there's a, you know, just for the anti-hangover portion of the healing power would be fantastic. Yes. But, but the X-ray vision could just come in handy in so many different uh, scenarios. Kind of perverts, though. I feel like. Oh, a lot absolutely. Of that. Yeah, a lot of yeah. that. No, that's half the reason I chose. Because I was thinking mine to be able to read someone's mind, but then if you can't turn that off, you would just go insane. You would. Like, that, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't yeah. work out. All right, are you ready for the next portion of the program? Yes. We, I, we, oh, fantastic. I'm very excited. This week in yeah. See, I have to ask you something because I have to lean away to trigger that intro and one of the running gags on the show is I say I'm going to edit something in post. Reality is I don't edit anything in post, so this is just going to air as is. So I that's know. why we do it that way. You, you're, the production value here is light years away from the Boston <laughs> it's off the, it's it's off the charts. It's ridiculous. All right, first thing I want to say in this week in Dork, it's a shameless promotion. We are actually selling T-shirts for hashtag Dork right now. We're going through a website, so you can actually go to our Twitter page at Dork Podcast. It is a pinned tweet, and you can go on there and buy yourself a shirt. Um, Thank you for doing that for those who already have. And for those who haven't, uh, hop on over there. Movies, uh, we got some release dates from Fox. Yeah, They have three X-Men related movies coming out in 2018. New Mutants in April, Deadpool 2, June 1st, and they named the next X-Men movie and slapped a November 2nd release date, X-Men Dark Phoenix slash X-Men taking another stab at the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, song. like, yeah, take two. Like, Dark Phoenix 2, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw New Mutants, and I'm like, wow, really? Like, wait a minute. We just saw the trailer for Deadpool 2. How did they sneak this thing in I don't, there? Yeah, that was very confusing to me. And so, 
Uh, but then my first kind of thought was, all right, do we go with the original group, like Cannonball and Wolfsbane and those guys, yeah. Sunspot, or, or, or are we going to jump into the more popular years later um, with uh, with Warlock, who I think could be a great character yep. for the movie? Or I actually expect big things if they're going to uh, cast Magic in this one. Oh, that um, would be cool. I mean, just you know, the, the fanboys alone uh, go, go crazy for her. So now I wonder, is this going to have anything to do with like the end of Logan? Like, is that going to lead into this at all, or are these separate things altogether? I, I still look at Logan as kind of a jump forward. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, you know, you can st- – um, Professor Xavier's part of the New Mutant stories, part yeah. of the comics. So – but they're not going to bring back, you know, Patrick Stewart to do those. No. So I guess, you know, it would be the um, the first class. Uh, well, like, was X-23 in New Mutants at one point? No, no, okay. no. Yeah, X-23 came much later. But, right. yeah. The, uh, but then uh, to – Come before Deadpool two was a surprise, but I it kind of made me feel like man, Deadpool two is that far out. I know it's too bad, and 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 you know they're gonna have uh, they're gonna do the old full court press on all the ads and everything like they did last time. And now yeah. Deadpool, the first Deadpool movie got more advertising than any movie since like Anchorman two. Yeah, and it was like, worth it though, and How it was, was it? that one paid yeah. off. It was amazing. That's one of the best. Uh, one of my favorite comic book movies, uh, Deadpool 2, we know Domino's going to be it. We know Josh Brolin's going to be Cable. Right. So I think we're all pretty excited about how they tie that in. X-Men Dark Phoenix. I mean, that's just going to roll in from that second from wave Apocalypse the younger, and the, younger guys. And, yeah. Um, I, I think, I would hope that they can make it better than what Apocalypse turned out to be. Yeah. Um, that was just like a movie. Like it, nothing really happened. Yeah. And you're just like. Well, and the struggle is there's so many X-Men, so you, so they feel X-Men. like they've got to just yeah. fit everybody into this thing. So if they can focus, like it looks like they've got to focus here on Dark yeah. Phoenix, if they can do that, then might, we might be in business. I'll say high expectations for Deadpool, low expectations for Dark Phoenix. Then New Mutants, I guess we don't know. With Fox, it, thankfully with Deadpool, there's hope. It's right. not like a DC movie and it's just probably going to be crap. Like There's a chance it could be good, but I don't know. So we'll have to wait until April 13th. As for uh, TV shows that are on right now, it's a great time to be watching TV as April brought back a bunch of new shows or returning seasons like Fargo, The Leftovers, Better Call Saul, Silicon Valley was back this weekend, Um, Arrow and Flash, they're all returning from their hiatus. Uh, Brockmire, have you watched Brockmire yet? Is it good? It's amazing. I love it. Are you in the mindset where I am where, like, especially today's day and age, there's so many potentially great new shows that come out. Yes. I can't really watch one unless it's kind of getting that word of mouth out there because I feel like I'll let everyone else be my buffer. No, and that's fair. With Brockmire, it was that Funny or Die skit. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. And it was like, I love that skit. And it also helps where there's so many of these hour-long shows yeah. that Brockmire is a half hour. You, you rip the commercials See, out. It's 20 minutes. It so, much easier, yeah. so you're like, I'll give this a go. And the first episode was good. I wouldn't say great. And then I think there's been three cents, or at least I've seen three cents, and they were all like, like hysterical. <laughs> it's it's more uh, like your R rating. Uh, I wouldn't watch that with kids if right. you were watching Brock. And Meyer. then I also back them up on the DVR. So like Better Call Saul, you could rip I, through, they're just yeah, sitting there. Yeah. And I'm waiting for like, if I get the fourth one, then I'll just bang them all through. Is there a show, you already mentioned Game of Thrones being your favorite, but is there a show that's currently on the air right now that maybe you can't backload on the DVR? Like you, you have to watch every week. Uh, I mean, there may not, 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 not yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Although I am really enjoying Bates Motel. I, oh, I like, so the, I way the, ra- yeah, I like nice. the way they're wrapping that one up. Do you think of Rihanna? Yeah, oh, she's yeah, been yeah. Good, right? she's been great, and yeah. I like the way it's kind of like uh, um, it's like a different twist on the way the movie unfolded. Certainly, yes. yeah. Um, it, 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 but I don't know I like about that. you, but for me, like I got to watch most of these with my wife, and she's also really into that one. Okay. So, uh, but I, I also, uh, I'm sorry, I should say there is one show I love. Got to watch every week, The Americans. So everybody, I have not Absolutely watched it. it. It's the best, right? Oh, As everybody God. says, Josh Deeran, who's hosted a bunch of episodes, it's his favorite show, and he's like pissed that I haven't watched it. I'm like, it seems so daunting because what are they in season five or six now? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I haven't. I'm like, 
that'll be one that I'll go back and have to watch from yeah. the beginning. I but, think it's incredibly well done, and it's also yeah. one of these ones that uh, sometimes they have endings where you just kind of go, that's it, but it's so well done yeah. that I love them. All right. and, and my wife will even be like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that ended right there. I'm gonna, yeah, so I'm going to definitely have to go back and, and watch that. Is, you're watching Fargo? Uh, yeah. Everyone and their mother's now telling me about Fargo. I watched the se- like the first season, a couple episodes with Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. And I hate Billy Bob Thornton. Did you like so the that, show, though? That turned no? me off. I was just oh, kind of okay. like, ah, whatever. And I so, got wrapped up in other things. So then he's, so they're all like, they're connected kind of like barely. You know what I mean? Like you don't really need to, you could start season three right now and you'd have no problem. Oh, okay. And like two and one, there's like a character. It's really, it's a time jump too. So like the first uh, movie I'm sorry, the first season, if I get this correct, there there's like a female cop and then her dad is like older, right? And then in season two, it's her father as like a younger version of him is like the main character. Right. So like that's really the only connection. And then season three is all new characters. So, so is season three a good point it's been, to jump in? Yeah, you could. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's only been one episode and it was good. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays twins. So he plays two different roles. It's oh, okay. pretty good. Um Mary Elizabeth Winstead from Ten Cloverfield Lane is Very in it. Nice, she's yeah. she's really good. Carrie Coon from The Leftovers is in it. So it's it. I mean, it's one episode in, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, we also this week got a trailer for Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, which is going to be on Freeform TV, which was like the old ABC Family. Yeah, and it's coming out in 2018. Do you like the idea of Cloak and Dagger getting their own show? You know what I don't like, and as a comic guy, uh, as the, we've had this kind of leap into the value of comics. Like Forbes, Mag- Forbes magazine did an article on how comic magazine uh, comic books have outperformed stocks since like 2005 or something. Right, right? Yeah, like, like they've they've just completely shot up in value. So as somebody who goes to these shops and looks for these key issues with first appearances, oh yeah. I see. I got oh, I got my cloak and dagger first appearance in you know uh, yeah. it was it, it was uh, it was Peter Parker Amazing or Spectacular Spider Man, and um, and I'm looking and I see Freeform and I just go oh I know that's gonna be ten bucks instead of a fifty dollar yeah, you know first appearance if if I want to try and turn that sucker the tra- over. the trailer looked pretty good like it looks I'm, okay, I'm intrigued but I'm like I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the cloak is the selling point there. That's a badass weapon. <laughs> that's right? a good that look. huge cloak, and they See, like put cloak. it out at the end. And it looks like he was just cold and yeah, like, like, did oh, anything. I was like, eh. is that a hoodie? Like, what is that? Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm 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 intrigued by it. We'll see. They're throwing it on free form. There's been a lot of, and we've talked about them a lot on the podcast. All these different comic book shows, and for the most part, they're at the very least like the worst ones are still entertaining, right? And then the best ones are like Daredevil are amazing, right? So and, there's, there's, it's been pretty good. And being a fan of the show, I know that you, how you guys feel about Walking Dead, right? And and that, yeah, I heard I'm, that you've been reading it and you, you yeah. got into the comics, yeah. And I was the other way; I read it all before, oh, okay. And there was actually as reading it, I can almost pick out the point where Kirkman started working more on the TV show than on the oh, comic, sure. because yeah. the comic starts to wane. And in fact, the comic really hadn't been that good since issue yeah. And now it, it's kind of like I was gonna say it's a lot like the show in the sense that you're like, okay, just. What are we doing? Like, yeah, we get let's, to the can end. We get to the next thing, right? Exactly. Do you think it'll ever end? Or what's, what's, the, what's the plan <laughs> here? Well, so but one of Kirkman's best things is Invincible, right? Which is now getting yeah, uh, they're finally getting a boost. Um, but he's wrapping that one up, and that's a series that in a kind of a universe I would love to see somebody kind of take the reins. That on. would be pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, between that and Outcast is really good. Uh, yeah, and I love Preacher. And Preacher's it, good. Even though I I know a lot of comic guys have been down on Preacher the first season. Yeah, I love the series from Garth Ennis, and I love the. Uh, the first season yeah. of the show. I like the book better than season one, but at least like I like the actors that are in it, and so I'm seeing if season two supposedly is going to be more like the book, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Right. A couple of Guardians of the Galaxy 
uh, Volume 2 news that comes out in just a couple of weeks. David Hasselhoff had a song. I don't know if you heard it. I saw somebody was tweeting it. It's like a weird band, and then he like kind of raps about the characters. We, t- we tweeted it out a while ago. It's very odd, but we know he's very big in, in Germany, so right, maybe right, it had right. something to do with that. <laughs> but the bigger news was that Adam Warlock, I guess according to James Gunn, was going to be in Guardians 2, and now he's expected to be in Guardians 3, which anybody who read Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet Probably, or yeah. Infinity Crusade or any of those, like right. Adam Warlock's the main how, guy. How do you not? So, yeah. so if they're setting his appearance back, does that mean he's he's going to appear in the Infinity War movie and then you'll see know. him later in Guardians? Like maybe, yeah, I don't know. Because like between Guardians and Thor and Avengers Infinity War, you're going to be doing a lot of stuff in outer space. In in between Fox having the rights to some stuff and Marvel yeah, having the right. rights to other stuff, you know they're going to have to fill holes. You can't have Silver Surfer in the Infinity War movie. So how right. how are they going to work that out? You know, yeah, that is that kind of sucks about it. Like you can't have the perfect movie. Like when they were doing Civil War, everybody's talking about Civil War. I'm like, well, here's what they can't do. Right, and like yeah. same with like, I mean, it ended up not being Old Man Logan, but had yeah. it been Old Man Logan, you're like, well, they they can't use 90 percent of the characters. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like, how are they going to pull this off? It's going to be very different. A couple of other movies they announced are going to be starting filming Ant-Man and the Wasp in June and Captain Marvel next February. Are, yeah. you, are you excited about either one of those? I actually, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man and Wasp, meh. Uh, be fine. But, but I just, I'm looking at it going like, what do you mean to start filming in June? What have you been doing? Get out there. Go make <laughs> these was, movies. Like, what do you... I don't know. Just start pumping these things out. And exactly. Then, yeah. So we'll we'll kind of see. I, it's going to be interesting to see because I do feel like the comic bubble is about to burst as far as values if the uh, movie franchises are going to start to follow. If some of these movies like Ant-Man and Wasp don't really hit... Yeah. Do they start pulling some of the budgets and some of these other things? It's happened in the DCU. DC has had some issues with it. Marvel is just one hit after another. That was one of Davies' things was Doctor Strange may throw a lot of people because it's going to be really weird. And if that struggles, what will happen? But people loved it. It was, it was, I, it was I really pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The, it, it looked amazing. You know, yeah. you watch it in 3D and then it ties in very well. And he's going to be an important guy going forward. So. I mean, they've hit on, like, Ant-Man was a huge success. Like, everything, yeah. like, Guardians fun, of the Galaxy. It was fun. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy blew my mind. Just Amazing. In the, in the fact that they even tried to make that movie. Those characters were like, nobody. Nobody. And they, they had a nice uh, renaissance in 2008 when they put a new team together. Yes. Uh, coming off Annihilation. But, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything out of that movie. And it was a, the best. It was, when I, Jerry and I did that show, it was number two behind Avengers of, like, all-time greatest superhero movies. Yeah. I, I, I think it's one of the absolute best. I agree with you. Uh, last thing before we get into uh, Alan Moore is they announced this, and this is amazing to me. So Avatar, which at the time was the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. Now, they're set to release sequels in 2020, 2021, 2024, and 2025. This is one of those movies that everybody has seen, but nobody really loves. Like, I've yeah. never once met somebody. And I ask because of, you know, all this stuff that we like. I'm like, what's your favorite movie? Nobody in ever has said Avatar. Have you ever met anybody who's like, I love Avatar? No. Nobody. I, do, I just haven't. And in the movie itself is is kind of there's not a lot to it. It's not very complex. It's pretty much you know cool. the, the American army, a bunch of assholes, <laughs> and we're going to come in and annihilate this this uh, planet. Uh, which at the time when it came out, I mean, Hurt Locker beat it for the Academy Awards, which is so, hysterical. Well, does that mean Hurt Locker two, three, four, and five are coming out too? <laughs> yeah, um, right. But so uh, I didn't really like the message it was kind of sending. We've got guys overseas, and yeah, like you're right. showing this movie where America's a bunch of a holes, especially their military. Yeah, good point. But visually. 
It stunning. was stunning. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, to see stunning. it in 3D, like, yeah. the, the opening scene when, like, there's, like, a, a drop, uh, I think it was, I don't know, a sweater, just, like, oh, yeah. condensation or something drops. Like, whoa. Yeah, it was, like, a 3D explosion. It was but, fantastic. But, like, it's just... But I can't imagine, like, a storyline in which it's going to make me want to go back and see it again. Well, there's also been articles written about how, is for as many people that have seen this movie, like, nobody remembers anything about it. Well, I'll like, give you a perfect example. I yeah. bought the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Don't think I've ever watched it. <laughs> no, that is. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that sums it up. Like... I couldn't, if I was on a game show and they were like, I'll give you $1 million to name a character from Avatar, I honestly wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Like, so it has like no impact on anybody. And yet they're going to make four more of them. And I'll be interested to see if they make a lot of money. I don't know if they will, but we I shall just, see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. If they're able to, uh, to up the, the, the ante as far as tech and, and yeah. special effects, then sure, maybe, yeah. maybe it could work. All right, let's get to the topic du jour, which is the topic of the day. Alan Moore. <laughs> Alan Moore is a very interesting guy, and for people who don't even read a lot of comic books, they definitely know the works that he has had. It's pretty remarkable when you look at the, you know, his resume and what's on what's on there. Uh, just a quick little backstory or background on Alan Moore. He's sixty three. He's from England. According to Wikipedia, he is an occultist, a ceremonial magician, and an anarchist, and he looks nuts. Not always in that order. <laughs> no, that's true. He looks crazy. He is. He yeah. looks, he looks like a Unabomber or something. He yeah. looks like a Unabomber. He also looks like, you know that show uh, Comic Book Men with Kevin Smith? Yes. You know the, looks the like friend the guy Brian? who goes from fat, skinny yeah. to fat to Brian. Yeah, when yeah. he has like the full beard and the long yeah. hair, that's what he looks like. But he's and, not nearly as funny. No, no, he's not as funny as that guy is. But a lot of people consider him the best comic book writer ever. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I don't even think it's close. Like I look at him like Kubrick is, is the films. Yes, and I, it's not. And you can make an argument, like you can make an argument about Kubrick. You can say that Spielberg. I is, mean, Kubrick filmed the moon landing, so yes. that's pretty good. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> that's very impressive. Yeah. Thing. So, but you can look at uh, it's somebody like Scorsese or Spielberg or somebody. And go, well, yeah. those guys are the greatest, perhaps. But nobody's ever been like Kubrick. Yes, in comics, in which is funny to think, like he would yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like you're giving, you've been touched by magic here to, to <laughs> produce the, and your special thing was your contribution to comic books, um, <laughs> which, by the way, he he prefers. Yeah. I was reading that he doesn't like them being called graphic novels. He likes them being called comic books, which I would have thought most people would be the other way. Like, I write graphic novels. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. he's like, I write comic books. Yeah, well, like, we all know books. that everyone, because somebody came up with graphic novels so that people wouldn't feel so bad about reading yeah. comic books. And he's like, he spits in that. Well, so the interesting thing about Alan Moore was that he got his start, uh, you know, he's from the UK, mm -hmm. um, pretty much smack dab in the middle of the island. Um, but he got his start with Marvel UK, uh, and he was doing Doctor Who stories and Star Wars stories. Wow. Which was which was very cool. They had a Star Wars Empire Strikes Back run that was just for that Marvel D, uh, UK okay, series, yep. and um, and then he was also doing like Captain Britain issues. He did not. He did, <laughs> Britain. Well, yeah, that was like the uh, yeah. Avenger, was he Avengers West Coast? <laughs> was he in that? Uh, which is no, odd. He was part of the uh, what was it? The uh, X Excalibur. Excalibur. Was he yes. in Excalibur? Yes, okay. Yeah, Avengers West Coast wouldn't make sense. He's so far away from there. Yeah. Although wait, he's far east coast. I guess. Yeah, right. Um. But uh. Yeah. So he was doing all that stuff. Did, was not really enjoying Marvel UK, and he separated <laughs> off and went and joined uh, Warrior Magazine, mm. um, with one of the other guys that left, and he started writing basically two of his greatest pieces of work of all time. V for Vendetta, and at the time Marvel Man, uh, with yeah, these two right. great uh, stories, he was writing simultaneously and like a you know two short story per issue segments. Yep, and then they they kind of both blew up, and he got started getting hired by DC, which obviously is maybe what a lot of people remember him from. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of things you just mentioned uh, some of them, but Batman: The Killing Joke yep. is his one uh, run, one little story arc with Batman, which is. So influential that it was supposed to be, it was a one one off. Yeah. 
but then they took what happened in that and they applied it to like regular continuity. So they would just like put it right in they there. They loved it and it was like the first time you really got a Joker like complete backstory. Yeah. Which which is weird because I'm I'm more of the of the mindset like I love the unknown about the Joker. Like I don't need things overly explained. This gives you a whole this is what he was like before he was the Joker. Here's like his wife, here's what he was dealing with. And I and I and I loved it. Yeah. And then it also gives you what happens to Barbara Gordon and then how Batgirl becomes Oracle. Yeah. And they added that in. Like they're like, you know what? This is so good. We're gonna now throw this into continuity and like and it stands up. Like that's that's how impressive it was. Yeah. And for me, this was my first experience with Alan Moore. I bought it off the rack. Yep. Right? Oh wow. And um when I when I'm reading it, not only first of all, like it shouldn't be available for a kid, which I was back <laughs> no, then. It's incredibly violent. Yes, it, it is. It, it's it's very, very graphic. I yeah. mean, you see naked portions of Bar- oh, sure. Barbara Gordon during the thing. Um it implied all sorts of things. Yes. Um it's incredibly intense, but it's also so well written, and it's been talked about forever. Grant, yeah. Grant Morrison believes that the finale is actually the Joker being offed by Batman. He just he decides so, yeah. that he's just got to take take this guy out after it's, what he's done. It's incredible, and uh, <sighs> you know, you'd like it's. I don't know what like. Would you want to see him do more Batman stuff, or is it great that that was like that was it? Like he had one crack at it, and it really couldn't have been any better. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to tell because he did. Uh, a one-shot story in Batman Annual number 11. It was called Mortal Clay. It was this incredible Twilight Zone-esque uh, issue. No, where it, cent- it centers around um, the clay, uh, Clayface. And Clayface beca- falls in love with like a mannequin. And he's imagining <laughs> his scenario where he's like living with this mannequin. And so he's like this misunderstood villain. And it's played out so well. That's pretty good. And it's like a Twilight Zone episode. So if you if you read that and go back and read that, I think you would see Alan Moore's kind of impact if he started doing Batman he would do more side characters he was interviewed once where he said that uh he his opinion of Batman is Rorschach somebody who is such a vigilante against villains that he can't do anything else with his life so the idea of being a playboy millionaire just wouldn't even be possible this guy would do nothing but be the vigilante that Rorschach is that is pretty good and actually when we get we'll get to Watchmen uh which is maybe his most famous uh work and and sort of who each character is kind of similar to uh, but yeah, Batman the Killing Joke, highly recommended. We'll get to the animated movie coming up as well. He also did, I don't think I've read this, uh, Superman, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. This is so cool. If you get a chance, go pick this up. Actually, oh, one of the things that's funny, and since I'm, I'm like in uh, some online groups with some guys that are really into the speculating side of comics. Um, oh, that's great. Al- Alan, well, Alan <laughs> Moore's stuff never yeah. seems to gain any money. It's so funny. It's like the best stuff out there, but there's a million copies of all of it. So you can see, oh, wow. you can go read any of it, right? Even when Watchmen hit as a movie, that stuff stayed at like $10 a book. Like it was bizarre. It yeah. yeah. You would have thought it would completely explode. But Superman, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow was a two-part series. It was Superman and then it was Action Comics. And it pretty much wrapped up Superman from his origin in the 30s to oh, whatever wow. it was, like 86. It took... All these little things that you were so used to from the early days of Superman, it yeah. just kind of put a bow on it. And the series ends with Superman just going away. And what? What, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really incredible. Interesting. But one of the things that I thought was funny, because and we talked about this um, when we were prepping for the show, is that DC is now releasing that button, the button Yes, and the rebirth. Line. Yeah, right. which, is, so, which was great. At the, at the end of the one shot, not a spoiler now because it's been out for so long, but... 
for the first time ever. And like Watchmen, a lot of people might not even realize this, but it's a DC right. comic, even though it had nothing to do with any of the DC universe. But now they're tying it in. They're trying to fold it into. Right? And I think it, it was smart because how, how, how many years ago was the new 52 when the DC reset everything? You know, like, that was cool. Had, there were some really good stories in there, like Court of the Owls and some of the yep. other stuff was really good. But then to convince people to we're re, we're, we're going to relaunch it again, it's called Rebirth. It's like, well, you needed you needed another hook. Right. And I think bringing the Watchmen in is tremendous. Right. And I think that it's going to bring in. It has brought in a lot of readers. Um, but one of the theories that's out there right now is does this kind of explain because this happened, this event, uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow and the kind of the relaunch of Superman number one. They moved Superman into Adventures of Superman at that point. But uh, at the bottom corner of the final issue of that uh, that two-part series is the advertisement, Who Watches the Watchmen? And people are speculating that they're basically going to bring this back to wow. the Watchmen story, fracturing the DCU from that point on, which would be remarkable to kind of think about. That'd be, uh, that Dr. Great. Manhattan is kind of, you know, at the end of Watchmen, he talks yeah, yeah, about, yeah. I'm going to go create some life. And that hit oh, by him doing that, man. <laughs> I know, right? Mind blown. It is. So so um, I thought that was interesting that they could bring all this way back because Crisis on Infinity Earths all kind of happened in that same time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that all going to be a Dr. Manhattan's work? Wow. Is that what they're going to do to tie this in? It is kind of funny, though. Um, a, Alan Moore never wants any credit for anything he does financially. So they're no, always more it, than willing to use his stuff. Right. Like, they're just like, oh, we'll just keep using it over and over and over. Because he doesn't like it. <laughs> he doesn't like it. I mean, he hasn't seen any of the movies. He doesn't want any money from it. He's turned down, I don't know how many millions of dollars. Oh, easily. He just stuff. gives it to Gibbons and all the other artists. Yeah. Um, but B is that uh, because of this, um, they just, nobody ever seems to come up with anything new. They just keep going, let's go back to Alan Moore stuff. <laughs> you know, it's true. Because they know but, it's so good. But it's been very, speaking of uh, really good, is his run on Swamp Thing, oh, which God. really probably proves that Alan Moore, if given any character, can really give it life and give people, you know, create these great stories around whoever it is. Yeah. And like Swamp Thing, if you just said, like, right, here's how Swamp Thing was created, here's what like kind of powers of it, here's like what, what go, you'd be like, no thanks. Yeah. But he, I've only read the first two or three volumes of it. So, I mean, I have more to do. Because that's the other thing with Alan Moore is it's pretty, there's a lot of reading. Yeah. Like, it's pretty in-depth. Killing Joke, for me, was one of the few that was, that's a quick read. Kind of quick read, yeah. Sit down. It's it's not it's not many pages, and there's not a ton of dialogue. Right. But, like, Watchmen is, like, a legit book. Right. You know, uh, From Hell is... That's gonna yeah. that's gonna take you all summer to read. It I think for some a slow reader like myself, that's gonna take it, you forever. It's you do a from hell. Honestly, if I'm telling someone to read from hell, I'm just gonna tell you just skim through that. It is so it's deep so dense. and detailed yeah. and dense that uh, it will turn people off. But yeah, but so the rest was, of it is so great. Just yeah, no, to true. skim through issue two. So Swamp Thing that was one of the things that surprised me was when I picked up Swamp Thing um, a while ago. Reading through is like wow, there's like each panel. There's like there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of extra writing, but but pretty fascinating. Uh, I absolutely loved his, what he did with Swamp Thing. He changed the way people can kind of view what to do with comics with that book yeah. because he took Swamp Thing, and much like I just described with Superman, he basically ended it. He ended whatever the original storyline was, wrapped up into a nice little bow, did not do anything to discredit what anyone else had done, but then in issue 21, wow, he just took it over. Yeah. Instead of this guy being this, you know, who was burned and he was saved and kind of became a swamp creature, it was this entity in the swamp that took over this guy's memories when he died. And now he's a creature that can travel anywhere in the world because he's part of the earth. It brings in this almost like uh, Lord of the Rings type world yeah, of tree yeah. people and all. You know, it the was, green. It was completely fascinating. Yeah. It, it, it was really good. Yeah, definitely worth a read.
Um, so that was also a DC property. And again, you've seen Swamp Thing probably now, you know, doing some Justice League dark stuff and, and you know, different interactions with John Constantine. Like, I love that when all of a sudden, like, Batman and like an issue of something, even if it's, you know, not Alan Moore, it's somebody else doing a Batman and he goes and talks to Swamp Thing for a minute and then leaves. Right, and you yeah, just, yeah. you know, you remember Swamp Thing from, from the Alan Moore run. Now, Watchmen, again, not only is this one maybe the greatest graphic novel ever, it's one of the great novels ever. Like it gets recognized as just one of the best books. Time Magazine called it one of the uh, hundred greatest uh, novels of the twentieth century. I mean, like, like, like you, it, incredible. It's unbelievable. There's a lot of reading. Like, there's, <laughs> like it's it's very detailed. Um, and and so and we we could, we'll get into the movies too. Now this is one. The movie's very polarizing. Right. Like I, I feel like there's very little middle ground. Um, the book. To me, it, it sounds like a snotty thing to say, but like the book was better. Like yeah. the book was absolutely better. But I didn't hate the movie. Like I thought the movie did a decent enough job. Like it's so dense. Like if you want to do a two-hour movie, it really would have been better if this was like a Netflix show. Right. You know, thirteen episodes would have made more sense than a two-hour movie. Exactly. And and the interesting thing about Watchmen was he he again tried some new things. Like each issue ends with. Like one of them is a chapter of a book from that one of the characters, the original Night Owl, have released talking about his career as a supervillain. Like, and it, it's, just, it's just more really dense uh, yeah. characterization of this entire universe he created. The the funny thing was that this was originally an idea, from what I understand, uh, they were going to try and use the Carlton uh, or Charlton uh, comic franchise that they had purchased, try and use those characters, Blue Beetle, to question some of those guys, oh, right, right, and and turn it into. And they were going to give it to Alan Moore, but then when they realized that that they were going to do this and who they were giving it to, they said, you know what, just come up with your own guys and we're going to save these properties because we're like, whatever he does with these guys, they'll probably be done by the time he's done with them. That is really funny. And so, so he did take some of the characters, like other characters, mainstream characters, and sort of this is their version or like his yeah, version of Yeah, he kind of them. gave each one a little twist. You can actually line up a lot of the, Char- the Car- uh, Charlton characters with some of the guys like The Question yes. and, and um, Rorschach. But to have the comedian, to have Silk Spectre, to have Rorschach, Night Owl, Ozymandias, and Dr. Manhattan – and they're all so well done. And it, he was interviewed. Where I was watching an interview where he talked about like they're all different types of power. Silk yeah. Spectre's a sexual power. Doctor Manhattan's this um, like almost uh, mystic power, or, or you know whatever it is uh, type of power he's got. And yeah. then, uh, Ozzy Mandius is the power of money. The comedian's the power of just action and guns, and you know. Um, so the different types of power. But he he creates this incredible mystery. Um, that is so well done that I even enjoyed the movie, even though the movie wasn't that great. The movie took out things um, that I thought really made his work so great in the novel, like the idea that they had to, um, you know, the character. I don't want to give anything away, but there's there's small things that happen throughout the book, yeah, that, that were taken out, including the big finale that yeah, were changed, yeah, that um, that I was disappointed that they they did that. No, that's uh, understandable, but. Um yeah, and and then the idea now that they're tying Watchmen in with the with the DC universe and how they're going to interact, and one of them is the comedian. You know, there are theories now. I read the DC Rebirth one shot, and I'm just starting to to pick up some of the first volumes. You know, because I I started you know with some of the issues, and I'm like, I'll just wait until the volumes come out. So yeah. I haven't had a lot, or I haven't seen a lot of Watchmen carryover, but I read some of the speculation. So I don't know if any of this has been proved or not, but the idea that in this universe there are three jokers yeah so there are different ones like the the joker from the killing joke which they're sort of carrying over and like what he's done in the past is one joker but the comedian 
right. might also be they're, they're, a joker. Yeah, right? there's speculation that yeah, speculation. that's one of the ways that they could tie it in was that 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 would be an easy, but that's almost like a red herring. Like it, yeah, it's yeah. so easy that maybe it's a. Yeah. There's also a um, Doctor Oz character that's been floating around Superman for the last oh, you know, okay. year or whatever that people are saying, oh, that maybe that's a tie into Ozzy Mandy. Sure. So and I I was looking actually at the Silk Spectre in this character of. Uh, Gotham girl that was been in Batman, and oh, okay. maybe they're the same person, something like that. Um, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. I just hope they don't screw it up. I know it's it's <laughs> it, you feel like they almost they they can't not screw it up because it's such a it's such a big deal. Like Watchmen, and then you're now you're you're tying it in with Batman. I'll tell you the DC the Jeff Johns DC Rebirth. Uh, give that if you haven't read that, give that a shot because right away I think you get sucked in. It reintroduces you to so many characters, and then the ending is is really good. But would you prefer them them take <laughs> the Watchmen characters and basically like by the end of it, okay, well now the comedian's part of Justice League Dark? Like, I mean, is that really what anybody wants? No. Or is it? No. Would you rather have them have this confrontation and by the end? They're kind of wiped back into gone, some yeah. other place. And, Probably that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be too weird. Did you read before Watchmen? I was going to ask you, was that any good? Because I've heard mixed things on that. I've not read it. Parts of it were good. None of it was great. It certainly didn't lead to anything. It was just kind of like filler for yeah, you know backstory. Okay. I hope that some of that ties into what this is going to be, but yeah. I'm not going to you know. Um, we mentioned From Hell, which again is very dense about Jack the Ripper. Uh, we'll get to the Giant Depp movie coming up. Uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Which, again, is another one of these. If you just like literature, you'd probably like League of Extraordinary (laughs) Gentlemen. Like, just to give it a shot, like the way he takes all these characters from books that we've all read, some that you're more familiar with than others. You know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you got The Invisible Man, you got Mina Murray from from Dracula, Captain Nemo, Moriarty is one of the villains from Sherlock Holmes. And then he ties it in with like War of the Worlds, um, but the island of Dr. Moreau, I think, is in part of it. Like, it's just. That series even that's still going right or like so, it, 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 there's so many issues. I've only read the first handful of like the real like the main ones, but it, it's fascinating how he ties all these characters together. This reminds me of like Laugh Olympics. Remember Laugh Olympics, right? What was Where that? it was like the Scooby Doobies and the Yogi oh, Yogi's yeah, 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 against yeah. the really rottens. Like if you looked at the like, Laugh Olympics, it was really bizarre. You had like Kung uh, Kung Fui. Uh, or Hong Kong Fui up with like the Blue Falcon and like Scooby Doo, and you're like, how did what those three guys yeah. get paired together in the same team? And they just throw them all together. Yeah, so like his his project here with this with this with this comic was just you know he kind of just grabbed all these different literary um, uh, folks and, and characters and, and made it work. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, they had a really tough time turning it into a movie. But uh, he did also add uh, if you read like the the first issue and some of the other issues. Uh, in, during his run, he has these in really involved in detailed turn of the century advertisements in the back. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's yeah. really funny because, um, first of all, America's Best Comics, the company that was publishing this, also kind of, I guess they forced him to actually put real ads for like, hey, don't forget issue two is coming <laughs> next week. Or, or like, uh, it was over the top Tom of Strong, there. Tom Strong will be out next month. Yeah. Right? Uh, they kind of forced these in here. They don't okay. look at all like his advertisements. That makes sense. Yeah. But his things are like, you almost have to get a magnifying glass to read them, and you're thinking to yourself, "What? What is he doing? That he's got the time to sit down and come up with the copy yeah. that it would take for crazy. these old school ads." Like I don't know, he's just so detailed; it's crazy. It's so detailed. You know, he, he was arrested in grade school for selling LSD. Alan Morris. <laughs> I mean, like that's what the type of mind you're dealing with here. That that, that sounds about right. Uh, v for Vendetta, which again, I, I said that uh, Wikipedia calls him an anarchist. So you could probably see some of that in V for Vendetta. Um, Lost Girls, I've actually not read. I've heard it's a pornographic, and he takes, again, real 
characters from literature, right? Like, yeah. like Alice in Wonderland, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, and then Wendy from Peter Pan. Oh, for Peter Pan. Okay, yeah. and so he takes those three, throws them into a, a thing. Is that is that good? Is it worth worth reading? So I got it, and I'm embarrassed that I even have it. Oh, it sucks. Like, well, it's one of these things that like I'd like to get rid of it, but I don't want yeah. to take it into a comic shop and be like, uh, guys, look what I picked up. Will you get <laughs> like, rid of it for Lost me? Girls, huh? Because it's pornography. It's literally oh, and, and, and it's and it's it's funny because it's done in watercolors. Okay, it took him over a decade to do. He ended up marrying the woman that he did the project with. That's right. And um, it is just hardcore pornography between these <laughs> th- between these three girls, and then they're they're like side characters. But like at one point, you know, Dorothy's being triple teamed by the Tin Man, the you know, the 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 lion and the uh, and the scarecrow. Jesus Christ. Captain Hook's coming after Wendy. Like they, it, 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 you're reading, it, you're just going, "What the hell did I purchase what here?" Is the, you're like making sure nobody can see you. And I'm like it. trying yeah. to rack my brain. I'm like, "Listen, Alan Moore's a genius. There must be something to this." And the only thing I could think is he was just trying to take something that's completely non-sexual yeah. and see how it worked if he just added that, is bizarre. added that world. Because, again, in America, sex is, is still yeah. more taboo than it is over in Europe and everything else. So I just think he wanted to kind of turn up the volume on literary characters and put them in a different light. Well, thanks for giving me the heads up not to go to the comic book store. <laughs> you, you can borrow it. You can borrow it. If you don't give it back to me, it's okay. <laughs> okay it's okay. If you got a short leg on the couch, slide it under there. Oh, yeah. It'll hold it great. Makes sense. Uh, also, was it Promethea? Uh, yeah. I've never read this. That's not one I've read yet. Okay. Um, it, from what I understand, it's kind of a, a book about um, one of the things Alan Moore talks about is he really he's almost like the Matrix, right? He feels like things in his head yeah. are, are more important to what his you know, brain is doing than than the actual talking to people or being yeah, out in, yeah. in society. So I kind of feel like that was his answer to to that storyline. Uh, any others that I haven't mentioned here? Uh, well, he is working on a project right now called Providence that's about to wrap up. I started reading it, but to be honest, because of the complexity of it and everything else, I shelved it until it was done. I figure I'll just bang it out once it's completely finished. Yeah, that's a lot easier. Uh, but it's kind of cool because it, it's Alan Moore and H.P. Lovecraft. So if you're an H.P. Lovecraft guy and, and, and follow that at all, it's kind of a really interesting look from Alan Moore at H.P. Lovecraft's um, world. Um, a couple of just other things to mention. There was a great annual, Superman annual number 11 that he did, a story called For the Man Who Has Everything. It's uh, basically oh, yeah, Batman, yeah. Robin, and Wonder Woman go to the uh, Fortress of Solitude to spend Superman's birthday with him, right? <laughs> and uh, it turns out that he's been overtaken by this flower that uh, kind of paralyzes you and makes you live – you're living like what your greatest dream would be. Okay. And so you have this parallel story of him on Krypton living out his life as if Krypton never exploded, like Kal-El or, or Jor-El, his father, is just this – Kind of crackpot scientist who everyone thinks is a loser now because he was wrong oh, yeah, about yeah, the yeah. planet blowing up. Oh, what's the name of the? I did read this. It's called, it called? Uh, "For the Man Who Has Everything." Oh, I have read that. Okay, okay, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really, really good. And but there's a great scene that I always think about every time I think about the book where um, they're at, outside the Fortress of Solitude in the snow. Batman and Robin are, are talking as they're heading in, and Wonder Woman shows up, and she mistakes. Jason Todd for Dick Grayson, it kind of kisses him and says like on the on the cheek and says yeah. like welcome to the you know club or whatever. Let's get in there now before we freeze. And Jason Todd goes, oh you know she's talking about freezing. Look what she's wearing. And Batman <laughs> just goes, clean thoughts, chum. And, and Jason Todd has this kind of look like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, wait, is Batman calling me? Telling Sorry. me I'm, I'm kind of peeking at her outfit. <laughs> it's That's just, yeah, good. it was it was great. But then um, uh, what else was there? Uh, there was one other thing I kind of wanted to. Uh, Tom, no, Tom Strong. Uh, oh, he did have an image run um, where he took – I mean, God, if you remember, that's when I first kind of got out of comics hmm. was after Image kind of came out and everyone was buying everything. Oh, image yeah. came out. Storm and then you Watch. started reading them and you're like, this is 
crap. Yeah, they just looked really cool. <laughs> they they, really they cool. had the best covers. They had cool characters. Was the, was the Wildcats yeah. was originally Team an Wild, image. Yeah, Wildcats. Young Bloods. Yeah, Young Bloods. Or Young that, they looked sick. Yeah, and then and Spawn was like the number one title. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they brought in Alan Moore to write a Spawn issue that's worth reading if you're a Spawn fan. Oh, wow. Um, and then he also took over Wildcats for a little while, and I have not read this, but I'm told if you're going to read any part of Wildcats, this is what you should be <laughs> yeah, reading. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and he also took over Supreme, which was an Eric Larson. I, uh, no, no, no. It was a Rob Liefeld property that was real garbage. The guy garbage. who did Deadpool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, real, real garbage. And he <laughs> took it over kind of like he did Swamp Thing and these other ones and turned it into something that was actually pretty good. Interesting. All right, so out of all of those, first of all, what's your favorite? And then if you had to tell somebody who has never read any of them, some of the, some of the people listening may have not read any of these, if you said just pick up these three, yeah. what would they be? Okay, well, so if I'm going to say pick up these three, it's going to be Watchmen, obviously, yep. Killing Joke, and uh, and then my favorite of all time is Miracle Man, which is Marvel Man, which is what he started oh, nice. at. Okay. <clears throat> I'm completely uh, fascinated by the entire history of this character, Marvel Man, because it goes back to the original action comics. Uh, Captain Marvel kind of spun off from Superman as a copycat, and then this British company that was reprinting Captain Marvel... Um, when they stopped making Captain Marvel in America, was like, well, screw this. We're making a lot of money. Yeah. We'll create Marvel Man, who is this basically <laughs> knockoff. They just kind of changed all the other characters' names and made his hair blonde instead of black. And uh, he became a character for 20 years or whatever in England. That is and this is what Alan Moore grew up on. So he has a run that started in Warrior Magazine that was recently republished by Marvel because they finally got the rights to it, even though Alan Moore didn't get a dime or doesn't want a dime. No, he doesn't. <clears throat> it is... Uh, by far my favorite thing to have read. Now I love really? Watchmen, wow. but it it deconstructs it go, yeah. well it deconstructs what like a Superman would be in real life yeah. world and the way he does it, the story he does it in, the fact that he took an existing character and kind of did this to him, I was blown away. Now I will say this: you got to keep in mind if you're reading this, it was originally print, printed in in like I said, Warrior Magazine, which was more like it wasn't quite as big as Rolling Stone, but it's larger than a normal comic book. It was like a magazine. So oh, okay. so the the font is a little bit different. The layouts of the pages are a little different. So it's a little tougher read okay. than it is initially. But then they get into the point where it was brought over to America and turned into a comic series, and he picks it up again. At that point, it goes a lot smoother. But issue 15 where uh, he's fighting uh, the villain, and I don't want to give away who it is, okay. but you find out real early on. The, the villain in this thing basically takes all of London and just kills everybody and has them decimated it's the most horrific Jesus. comic yeah. you've ever read um but it's also f- completely fascinating he also pushes the envelope there's a birthing scene which is really graphic <laughs> so, but check it out you'll yeah. love it issue right. it's only 16 issues and then uh, neil gaiman takes over from there and he does a good job with uh, it he's too. a man yeah he's great now speaking of neil gaiman what other we both agree alan moore is the best comic book writer what other writers would you consider even in his class um, well, I like I said, I think he's the Kubrick of comic books. Yes. I think he's on a, on yeah. a level on his own. So who's like the next tier? Well, then? I mean, it is, it's. I don't want to just kind of revamp all the guys that you guys always talk about. Yeah. Frank Miller, yeah. uh, Mark Millar, um, Kirkman. At least initial, initial his initial runs of Walking Dead, the first yeah, up yeah. until through the through the prison is is some of the best comics I've ever read. Yep. Invincible's great, and, I, and I'm enjoying Outcast. Um, I love the stuff Brian Michael Bendis has done, but yeah. these guys are different. Like they're, they're they are, great, I mean, right? It's hard to compare. Great them. stuff to, to read. I, I love Garth Ennis. Uh, read his entire Preacher run. The Boys run was amazing. Uh, yeah, Boys. I'm behind on Boys, <laughs> but I've read however many. It's good though, right? Yeah, it's real good. Uh, I like he, it. he did a great job, kind of reinventing the Punisher. Uh, he had a yes. character for yes. DC called Hitman. Yep. Uh, and he, if you're into like you know uh, gore, uh, <laughs> Crossed is probably the one to hit okay. with that one. Um, but probably the closest I could say is the way 
uh, Mark Millar, his uh, revamped Superman with Red Sun. Yeah. He did it with Logan. Yeah. Old Man Logan, he he wrote Civil War. But then he also did his own projects, Kick-Ass, Secret Service, which became Kingsman. That was a decent comic book turn yeah. uh, into a movie. Wanted, which is an amazing comic and a horrible movie. I think you guys actually mentioned it last yes. week. Yeah. Um, Superior was really good. Nemesis, Reborn, he's doing now. Nemesis was great. He's got, yeah. he's got great stuff. And it's very different. It's not Alan Moore stuff no, where, no. It's, where it's a Nothing tough read. Really it's action-packed. It's fun. But it's yeah. also really well done. It is well done. Uh, guys that I really like is Jeff Loeb. Who, yep, sure. Long Halloween's my my favorite, but then he's also had a, a handful of others. Then he did this series where he would take a different Marvel character, and it was like the the color series, right? Like yeah. Daredevil Yellow, and like what was it Hulk Gray, Spider Man Blue, Spider Man Blue. Yeah. Like those were, those were all pretty good. Brian Azzarello, I don't love everything he does, but he does like he, the Hundred Bullets, 100 bullets yep. is really good. Um, he does. Uh, What's his uh, the Batman one that that Ezreal the Joker? Uh, yeah, Joker oh yeah, was pretty that's good. a really good, and a lot of that actually yeah. uh, was realized in the um, Dark Knight. In the Dark Knight, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So, so those are those are a couple of guys, and then uh, as far as guys, uh, Scott Snyder, I like a lot. Scott Snyder, yeah. have you read American Vampire? Love American Vampire. So, so that's tremendous, and his run on Batman is really good, and now he's doing All Star Batman. It is, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. he's it, been really good. Yeah, if you're gonna read anything from that uh, New Fifty Two, it's the Batman run. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Snyder. Now. Um, Let's see here. Film adaptations for Alan Moore. There's been five of them. Again, yeah. we just went through well, I had the a, long I, list. I added a sixth. Oh, yeah, there's a sixth? Yes. Oh, so I, I missed one. So I've got, an, in order, yeah. uh, from the ones I have, From Hell yeah. came out in 2001, Johnny Depp, Jack the Ripper, uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in 2003, Sean Connery, and a <laughs> bunch of other stuff, V for Vendetta, 2006, uh, Natalie Portman, Watchmen, 2009. What was the headliner there? Um... Uh, Probably nobody really yeah, steals it. Patrick Wilson's like, in yeah, it. They're all kind of B guys, but they, 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 they do. Yeah, yeah. That was like her coming out part. That was probably her big thing. And then uh, Batman: The Killing Joke, the animated movie, came out just this past year. What was the other one you had? Uh, so they did uh, do a sequel to Swamp Thing. They had a Swamp Thing movie, but they did a sequel to Swamp Thing called Return of Swamp Thing, where they take most of Alan Moore's run and they try and fit shoehorn it into oh, that movie, including. Uh, there's Heather Locklear's in that. So if you get a chance to see that, oh. just to see her yes. trying to be attracted to Swamp Thing is awesome. that's worth it alone. There's a there's a thing in the comic that plays out much better than it does in the movie where he has these basically sweet potato type looking things that come <laughs> off him that like if you eat them you hallucinate, right? And he tells her in the comic, like, if you eat this, this is the closest thing for us to be connected, like having sex sure. could be. Yeah. would be for you to eat this because we can't really do it any other way. So she eats this and she <laughs> got a potato. Yeah, she yeah. eats the potato off my back, right? Yeah. Have my zit. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so it, 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 Alan Moore does a much nicer job of being able to present this. I would imagine. In the Swamp Thing movie, there's a scene where he goes, I can't give you the kind of love you want. And she goes, why not? And he goes, I'm a plant. <laughs> And she says, it's okay, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, God. <laughs> I, can, I can see her doing that, too. So for that alone, it's, right. it already beats out half these movies. I was going to say, that does probably put it at the top. Now, the original Swamp Thing was a Wes Craven movie, I believe. It was, and except for, a bar, uh, was it Barbara Badat or whatever her name was, and, and a, it's kind of strange... Oh. Swamp nude bathing scene. That's just a horrible movie. <laughs> that too. Is it. Like the special effects were bad. He looks Special terrible. Movie. He, Swamp Thing looks better in the Return of Swamp. Okay. Thing. Now these have look at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. From Hell got a fifty-seven percent. That's generous. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen seventeen. That's about right. V for Vendetta seventy-three. Which is probably right. If I had to recommend one Alan Moore movie, it would probably be V, v for. I think Vendetta. so too. Watchmen sixty-five, and then The Killing Joke. Where spoiler. 
Barbara Gordon has sex with Batman, <laughs> which was not in the uh, comic, by the way. That one, that one has to be the most frustrating. Again, Alan Moore doesn't watch these. He doesn't care. He thinks they're stupid. But that has to be the most frustrating one because it looks just like the comic. So yeah. they're literally taking the comic and they're throwing it out there. And some of the stuff is shot for shot. And then other stuff, they're like, oh, we're going to throw this in there. And Brian Azzarello... Yeah. Was one of the writers on this, so that, that's a big knocking out. Him. He oh, came he out the hell so out of it. mad. Yeah, he was people hated it. People did hate it. All right, if you had to rank these five or six, if you want to throw Return of the, the Swamp thing in there, uh, you said V for Vendetta. I'm with you. I think that's probably the best. I'd probably do Watchmen too because it's yeah. like three quarters well done. Yeah, and then they just kind of they miss on a few things, and then I put Return of the Swamp thing third. Okay, and then uh, I don't. From I, Hell I, had its moment. Like from Hell. Would, to me, was definitely better than Killing Joke and the problem League of from Hell was, was the the character uh, of Johnny Depp plays. They turned they made his character like a clairvoyant type of guy who's able to predict when these things are going to happen, which was not no, at not. all like what happened <laughs> in the thing. So if you watch it as like its own movie without having read From Hell, maybe it's a better movie. Yeah, okay, good point. Uh, and I actually, the Batman and Killing Joke, it was by the time I I got to seeing it on Blu-ray, it was so widely panned that I actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, even the ridiculous Mark Hamill singing number, yes. which I mean, you're talking about, again, and, and they, they kind of drew a line as how far they were going to go towards the real source material with the violence and the suggested uh, rape scenes and all this right, other stuff, right. right? They were only going to go so far with that. And uh, Like, we need a singing number. Yeah, so, but the fact that they even added that just, it was, it, it almost makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, though, it's horrible. is the worst. Horrible, yeah. They added uh, a Tom Sawyer character, which he's not in like, <laughs> the original run at all, and it was just, that was, a, that was a disaster. Now, if there was one character from comics that Alan Moore has not written right. that you'd like to see him get a crack at, who would it be? You know, I really liked this question when you sent it to me, and uh, I would probably pick the Hulk. I kind of feel like the entire, because he would... One of the things he's always done, we talked about it, is he'll kind of put a button on things. He'll kind of mm. figure out how this thing would play out. And I see him taking the Hulk character, if he, if he, they gave him the opportunity from start to finish, and he would just I – mean, the idea is Hulk goes out there, he kills all these people, he blows up the city, whatever, and the next week he's part of the Avengers again and they're, they're having fun, having shawarma, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So he would take it the other way. He would make yeah, the Hulk would. this thing that would become so grotesque or so violent or so whatever that countries would line up to work together to try and defeat it or whatever. He would come up with something that, that would, would just be, cool. be Hulk's a good one. Yeah, so anyway, that's my pick. Do you, do you have one? Yeah, well, I was thinking, even though he already has a lot of great stories written about him, the first one that popped into my head was Wolverine. Yeah. Just because that would be you know a guy who obviously could just heal himself. You wonder what Alan Moore would do with that. And again, Old Man He'd Logan was lost great. Girls. He would he'd throw, he'd throw him in there. You're like, oh, what the hell's going on here? But he would be good. Um, and I know he already did Swamp Thing, but uh, one of the uh, Davey mentioned last week when we were talking about you know what would be a great Netflix series, and he said Justice League Dark. And I think that would also be a cool one if sure. if, if he got a hold of John Constantine with Swamp Thing and some of the other characters involved there. I think that would be a pretty good one, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why do you think the films... Th- well, this will be the last question. Why do you think the films aren't better? I think it's a combination of not really sticking all the way to the, f- the source yeah. material. Yeah. Because I feel like if they had done that, Watchmen would have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, but it's also difficult. They're so dense. They're so much to them, very difficult to keep them in a watchable time frame, and Hollywood execs will only take so much. They're only going to w- willing to put up with so much from, uh, at least initially, when these, most of these movies came out with the comic book genre. So they, yeah. they, a lot of them obviously got tinkered with, like From Hell, and I mean, That's you could true. remake From Hell. 
the you way could. Alan Moore did yeah, do it, like and that. it would probably be great. Yeah, good point. It'd be a horror movie, but it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it should, yeah, it should be. It yeah. should be a horror movie. Uh, yeah, no, I think that, I think I agree with you. That's tough. And then plus, not having them a part of it, right? Isn't like that's got to be not that you need the writer to like be on set all the time, but just to sort of pick his brain a little bit more. That'd yeah. probably help. Well, and again, I in listening to him being interviewed, he hates the idea of movies coming from books for whatever reason. He, <laughs> like, he, he just he hates it. He, yeah. he feels like the, it's his own thing. Two different mediums, and yeah. they should be separate. And yeah. Whatever. Uh, in fact, you know, everyone says he hates his movies. According to him, he's never even seen. He's never even seen. Them. Them. That's he right, really yeah, know. right, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like there is still hope for some of these that maybe get remade someday. I the biggest problem I have right now with Alan Moore is that he's still alive. And there's potential to get more greatness out of this guy. Yeah. And you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> my, biggest, my, hold on, my biggest problem with Alan Moore is he's still alive. <laughs> That's a quote from Uncle Buck. We can, we can, we can edit that in post. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Thanks where, for the shirt, by the way. I love this new shirt. Oh, yeah. Good. This yeah, fantastic. The, the shirt is tremendous. Where can people uh, follow you and keep up with uh, all, your, all your stuff? I'm on Twitter at uh, Uncle Buck WEI. And certainly listen to the, the, uh, bar, uh, the Barstool BS 101 <laughs> podcast that we do. Um, uh, we, we call it BS 101, but it's Boston Sports 101. Um, yeah. And we've been having a lot of fun doing it with uh, Jerry, uh, Maddie, and Nick over at WAF and Georgie Kip. It's, it's been great. So five man s- weave in there. We're gonna see how this uh, <laughs> on your greatest guy movie list comes out. Good luck hey, with hey, that. Give me two guy movies that you just would be st- shocked if they weren't on the list. Two guy movies that would have to be on the list: uh, Terminator and Die Hard. Oh boy, no, no, you're gonna be. They're both on there. You're in good shape. <laughs> like, oh <Yeah>. no. <laughs> Uh, all right, Uncle Buck, thanks so much. Thank you for having me in. It was great. And I, uh, please, Ryan, I mean, i, I got to meet Ryan at some point. I'm a big fan of his, too. we, we got to get him in here uh, sometime. We always do it over the phone, if you can't tell by the connection. Yeah. But uh, we'll get him in here in studio at some point, and we can, uh, maybe we'll do a, a three-man pod. You know what I just popped into my mind while we, while we were talking about some of the characters from Watchmen? Would be, I think it would be a fascinating episode, is DC Marvel characters that are basically the same. Sure. And quizzing people on which one came out first, like Aquaman, Namor. Yeah. Like who came out first? Well, how who do you like more? Deadpool, Swamp, Swamp Deathstroke. Thing, man thing. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's like those ones I think are interesting. And a lot of them, I think you'd be surprised, like which character was actually came out first. Like the one who's more famous might actually be a ripoff of another one. Yeah. And, and just real quick, because I know we're wrapping up here, but it is interesting looking at Marvel versus DC in the yeah. when you add Alan Moore into the mix, because... As much as people may say, and, and Marvel outsells DC even right now, where their books are kind of down, they're still outselling DC. Yeah. Um. Uh. The DC took a lot of chances. Yeah. Sure. You know, Marvel wasn't Marvel and Alan Moore had an ugly split. Uh, they weren't bringing him on to make Watchmen to to have Batman in a, basically an X rated uh, <laughs> a graphic novel, right? Right. So you give DC credit for yeah. having Alan Moore do the things that he did. Now, did they screw him over? Sure. Yeah, I mean, Alan right. Moore says that when he wrote Watchmen, he was told that he would have. After, like, I don't know, it stopped printing for a six-month period, the character control would go to him, but it's been reprinted a million times, so there's never been a six-month period where they weren't printing it in some uh, form. that's crap. Yeah, Yeah, right. so he's been screwed, certainly, by all these companies. But um, it is – I do give the DC the credit for kind of exploring that and going with the vertical line and other things oh, absolutely. outside of what Marvel has done. Oh, I maintain if the, the co- best comics – if I was going to give you ten comics to read, seven would probably be DC properties, yeah. whereas you know it would be the opposite for movies, right? It would be probably the exact you yeah, know, no, polar absolutely. opposite. All right, Uncle Buck, thanks so much. Thank you. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. All right, I'm adding on a quick pick of the podcast. Uh, I had to – Uncle Buck and I recorded on Monday night, and I needed to get going, so uh, we did not do a pick of the pod with him, but I figured I would add one here on the end on Tuesday, then we'll post it in time for your uh, commute on Wednesday, because Wednesdays are dork days.
At least that's that's the snappy little motto that we have here. But a couple of quick picks of the pod. Uh, one, and I was talking with Uncle Buck about it, was DC Rebirth right now. Sort of the relaunching of some of these different titles. Uh, they're sort of starting over. Re- a rebirth, if you will, for lack of a better word. A rebirth of the DC Universe. And I've been going through, because a lot of the the first volumes, like the collected editions, like five, six, seven different issues they throw together, and they're available now. And one of them, which was a real pleasant surprise, was Deathstroke. They gave him his his own title, and it has been really good. I've really I've really enjoyed it so far, and that's probably one I'm going to continue to read. Also, a, a an old school comic book that I read recently, um, and I've been trying to track this down for a long time. It's it's kind of hard to find, but it's the JLA, like the, that issue, the Justice League of America, the JLA, the Tower of Babel, which some of you may have read. It is a really good one, especially if you really like Batman and you feel like you've read all of the Batman books. This is, again, it's a Justice League book, but Batman is far and away the, sort of the star of this. They also did, it's similar, they did an animated movie called Doom, Justice League Doom, and they took a lot of the same ideas from Tower of Babel, but that one is definitely worth checking out. Uh, of course, the other pick of the podcast would have to be these damn t-shirts. If you want a hashtag dork t-shirt, head on over to the, uh, the Twitter. Uh, it's a pinned tweet at dork podcast right now. And it'll direct you there. And if you're not on Twitter, the website is represent.com. This is the website we're using right now. They're handling the shipping and all that stuff rather than me buying a bunch of t-shirts and then just getting stuck with them. So this way, uh, they can handle all of that. You order through them. They'll ship them out. Um, Represent.com. And then if you just go in the search bar and type in dork, it's going to be one of the first shirts that pops up. Right now, we just have a black t-shirt with the dork logo on it. And uh, buy a t-shirt. That'd be that'd be terrific. And then send us. Let me know that you that you got one. Uh, you can email us dorkpodcast at gmail Of course, tweet us throughout. Uh, still looking for some ideas for next week's episode. Ryan Davey, I assume, will be back. And the week after that, of course, will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So we can really get the uh, the summer movies kicking off here in May. Uh, but thanks for listening to this. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can leave us a comment. You can rate. Uh, and review all of that stuff on iTunes, which helps the podcast. Uh, other ways, if your friends don't have iTunes, we are on Google Play. And of course, you can also stream all these episodes, weei.com slash dork. So uh, once again, I want to thank Uncle Buck, who was terrific. Uh, a lot of great insight there on Alan Moore. It was a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, that was the first time I ever met him. And he, and he just sat right down and we just talked about Alan Moore for an hour. And I thought it was, I thought it was terrific. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have him back on the podcast again you can check him out at uncle buck weei i'm also at keith 21 uh thanks so much for listening and we'll be talking to you guys next week on hashtag dork